Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Well, 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 well. Wasn't to be for Cork, unfortunately, in the all Ireland Senior Camogie Championship final. They have been beaten by Galway today on a scoreline of 115 to 112 at Croke Park. It was... Um, fantastic game of hurling to be perfectly honest or Camogie I should say um, a fantastic game it was really really enjoyable stuff and it was just Galway came out the better of it that's all it was fantastic uh, performance fantastic game and it was Galway who were crowned the winners going to talk to John McCarthy about that in just a second he is waiting for us on the line also going to be talking to Cork legend Gemma O'Connor the first time she's had to watch an All-Ireland final in the uh, stands involving Cork in almost 20 years we've talked to Gemma O'Connor in a bit we'll have all the reaction to come from Cork Park too you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork Red FM Rory here with you until 7pm. If you want to get in touch, give us a shout 0868104106, 0868104106 and uh, we will uh, get your text messages out if you want to send in any messages uh, in support of the Rebels or uh, what have you, just get in touch with us 0868104106. Now hoping that we have our man who is in Croke Park for us, Joe McCarthy, on the line now, Jer, um, I suppose massive disappointment from a Cork point of view, but overall that was a, a terrific game and got a deserving champion today, Jer. Don't seem to have Jer there. We'll try and get Jer on in just uh, another little bit. But uh, Jer McCarthy will be joining us uh, on the show. But it was uh, 2.21 to 2.13 was the scoreline of the Intermediate Deciders. Antrim defeated Kilkenny uh, earlier on today. And in the All-Ireland Premier Junior Championship uh, final it was Wexford who were the champions they defeated Armagh today. It finished uh, 1.14 to uh, one eleven, so that gets you up to date on all the the full time scores of today's games. There, we're going to uh, come back to Jer in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to get a full time report from the Golf BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth and Dennis Kerman. Twenty fourteen FedEx Cup winner Billy Horschel made a superb up and down at the last to snatch victory at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. It was a disappointing day, however, for Shane Lowry, whose closing seventy one left him tied for seventeenth on twelve under, and the Clara man now has to. Dep- Depend on a Ryder Cup wildcard selection from his compatriot Podrick Harrington. Meanwhile, Billy Horschel's closing birdie completed a fine round of 65 that moved him into top spot on 19 under. Laurie Cantor needed birdie at the last to match Horschel but had to settle for a par. He finished tied for second alongside Kiridek Api Barnrat and Jamie Donaldson. Justin Rose's closing 65 left him tied for sixth and gives him a strong case for a Ryder Cup pick. Podrick Harrington will confirm those three wildcards at half past seven. It's likely to come down to a choice between Shane Lowry and Ian Poulter for that final place, with the smart money on Lowry to make it. Reporting on the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth, I'm Dennis Kerwin. That's Dennis Kerwin there reporting on uh, today's uh, BMW PGA Championship uh, at Wentworth. Uh, another score today as well in the uh, Co-op Superstores uh, Premier Senior Hurling Championship. It uh, finished all square. 
between uh, Bishopstown and Newtown Chandram one apiece was how it finished um, earlier on today that game was in Fromoy um, so um, yeah 118 apiece was how it finished in that game today and uh, yeah so that's all the Gaelic Games uh, action that rounded up for you today hopefully hopefully having a bit of trouble with the phone lines here but hopefully have our Cork legend Gemma O'Connor on the line now Gemma are you there? No, having massive trouble with my uh, phone lines today, guys. I don't know what's uh, going on uh, this afternoon um, for that. Gemma, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> you can hear me now, thankfully. I pressed the wrong button, Gemma. It's been that kind of day and I suppose a tough day for Cork as well. Uh, first uh, first and foremost, Gemma, I suppose that was a fantastic game of Camogie, a great advert for the game and Galway deserving champions. Yeah, um, you know, I suppose Cork got a, a very bad start there in the, the first five, ten minutes. And um, I suppose that really kind of killed them in the end. I actually was very impressed with Cork's performance, you know. I suppose we were looking at the likes of Hannah Looney, Ashlyn Thompson, Orla Cronin had a super game after everything that went on. And you kind of needed all those big players to step up, and they did, but they just fell short at the end. And uh, there was nothing between those two teams. I thought they might kind of step up a bit and drive on after Mackie got the goal but in fairness to Galway you know they had another year and uh, they kind of kicked into into a different gear and they just kind of you know finished off the game really Well it was impressive I suppose from Galway as well Jim is that they didn't panic after that Katrina Mackie goal they went off and got the next three scores Um, Yeah I mean like uh, I suppose you know Galway they're a very experienced team and um, they would have a lot more experience I suppose than it's it, just Cork side or a young side and uh, I suppose we're in kind of a transition period but uh, you know they got rid of it in panic and uh, they just kind of you know finished it off nicely and I suppose I was very impressed the way their, their scores came that bit easier to Cork you know Cork had to work extra harder for their scores yeah, I was going to say that as well. It was, it was Galway's work rate was just absolutely frightening. I suppose all the way through the hour of that game, and they never let Cork settle at all in that game. Yeah. Um, if I don't know who's my kind of uh, player for Galway that kind of did a lot of the donkey work and uh, she's very impressive to me. Very like Gorda Cronin the way she played. Uh, won a lot of ball, carried a lot of ball and, and created a lot of scores and uh, for me she was the kind of difference uh, on that Galway team. You know, if you look at the likes of Nip Kilkenny she was kind of non-existent. You know, I think Ashton Thompson came out in that battle there and um, you know, Aida Shireen even for Galway up front was a bit quiet it was just our other players stepped up and uh, as I said, he showed on who for me was the was the player that made a difference for Galway. Uh, you just mentioned Orla Cronin there. It's been a tough week for her, I suppose, not knowing until last night that she was uh, going to be able to play and for her to come in and put in that performance uh, like she did was uh, top notch. Oh, in fairness, look, it takes um, a bit of, uh, you know, mental toughness there to come out today and, and to perform like that. In fairness, she's a top quality player and, um, you know, I have to give her credit where credit's due. You know, I suppose if Cork came out on top today, she would have been one of the, the player of the match contestants. So I would have felt for the game and um, she gave a super performance. You know, she won a lot of ball, huge work rate, created um, lots of opportunities and, uh, and uh, scoring assists. And, uh, you know, her frees were, weren't too bad either and got one or two from today. So, um, you know, she had a massive game. Um, as you mentioned, Jim, I suppose a young Cork team, a team somewhat in transition, so pl- plenty more uh, better days, I suppose, to come for this Cork side. Yeah, um, I suppose it's important to know for these players, you know, not to kind of drop their heads and kind of drive on from here. I suppose you're looking at the likes of Ashton Thompson, 
um, or the Cronin, Laura Tracy, Chloe Sigerson, they've been there for the last few years, but there's still, you know, still plenty of years in them, and, um, you know, you're kind of looking at them to kind of drive the team on and, and to keep those young players going, you know, and develop, um, and that's what it's all about. I don't know whether parties want to stay on or not, so, you know, it all depends on the manage- management, whether they're staying or who's going to come in next as well, so that's all very important for a young team in transition. Yeah. So it'll be just interesting in the next few months to see what's going to happen there. Yeah, we're waiting just to hear from Paddy Murray up in Croke Park, but if he does step away, he owes Cork Muggy nothing. He's been an incredible servant to Cork over the last number of years. Yeah, like, Paddy's been super. He's after setting the bar really high in terms of Camogie in the last few years. You know, I suppose when when Cork were on top the last few years and um, when we were involved and when we won all our um, party and his team and his management created that, you know, very professional left wanting for us. You know, there's always pros and cons to each management set up and, but, um, you know, the, the pros certainly weigh, weigh the cons and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he, as I said, he's very professional so he owes Cork nothing, you know. Um, we've won some su- su- super games and some super finals with with, with Paddy but I know he'll be disappointed today. he's a very competitive person and obviously he would have wanted to win and maybe I don't know maybe finish off as a Cork Master on a high but you know that that unfortunately in sport isn't all guaranteed so it'll be just interesting to see what's going to happen next to Paddy Finally Gemma for you personally I suppose watching Cork in a final in the stands for the first time in almost 20 years how did you find that experience I'd imagine you were still pucking every ball I'd say were you? Yeah, look, uh, I'll be honest, it was, uh, it was very strange um, sitting there, um, like sitting with Ethan Murray actually, and uh, you know, it's very strange to be watching it as a, as a supporter, and um, so I think it's a lot easier to play than to watch, to be <laughs> honest, um, but um, yeah, look, it was very disappointing, and um, you know, as I said, it, it was very strange, but I suppose, you know, the first year not playing might be the strangest, and after that it'll just become like any other supporter, and probably become it a little bit easier for me to watch but um definitely watching from the sidelines isn't isn't easy for any they're much for playing. <laughs> I'd imagine so. Gemma it's been a pleasure talking to you safe trip back to Cork. Thanks million. Thanks. That's Gemma O'Connor there, Cork legend, speaking to us after uh, today's defeat uh, for Cork in the All-Ireland Final. Um, Galway 115, Cork 112 is how it finished. We are going to hear from uh, Cork boss Paddy Murray very, very shortly. Going to get your uh, McCarthy, our man up in Croke Park, on the line for us uh, today. Um, so we'll be talking to him in just a little bit. So plenty more come to come between now and 7pm. Just get you up to date and everything else that's been happening, I suppose, today in the uh, Premier League. Leeds United hosting Liverpool. And it is uh, Liverpool leading there by two goals to nil at Elland Road. Um, 81 minutes on the clock. Uh, Fabinho with the second goal. Mohamed Salah with the first. Now Pascal Strike was sent off for a tackle. That's left Harvey Elliott uh, with a very badly broken leg. Very tough scenes to see at Elland Road involving the young Liverpool player very very hard on him so we hope that he is okay but uh, that's how things stand at Ellen Row with less than 10 minutes to go the US Open men's final taking place today as well in New York Novak Djokovic going for a calendar year Grand Slam he faces Daniel Medvedev in Flushing Meadows that gets underway at 9pm Irish time as we heard from Dennis and now his chances of automatically making that Europe's Ryder Cup team are over he finished up in a tie for 17th on 12 under par at the BMW PGA Championship 7 shots off the winner Billy Horschel uh, who won uh, uh, today Lee Westwood Matt Fitzpatrick and Bern Weiss Berger have sealed the final three automatic qualifier spots. Now, Patrick Harrington, the European skipper, will aim his three wildcards later on this evening. So, I could still see Lowry going to Whistling Straits. Be shocked if he didn't get 
um, on it because he's a fantastic team player and a fantastic golfer so be interesting to see that but that'll be announced at half past seven racing the Johnny Murta trained Sonny Boy Liston won the feature of the Irish St. Ledger at the card today on day two of Champions Weekend the four-year-old got its victory by jockey Ben Cohen after going off the starting price of four to one and the Australian Daniel Ricciardo has won the Italian Grand Prix today his McLaren team at Lando Norris coming in second Red Bulls Max Verstappen and Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton didn't finish the race they collided on the 26th lap they both walked away from the crash though thankfully alright as I mentioned more Camogie to come on the show in just uh, a little bit uh, as soon as we get uh, audio back in from Jerry we was just about to talk to Paddy Murray so we'll be hearing from Paddy Murray in a little bit we get some reaction from the, the Galway camp uh, as well but we're just going to look back on yesterday's All-Ireland Football Final and it was uh, of course Tyrone victorious over Mayo uh, and a fantastic performance for them a fantastic season from Tyrone uh, winning 2-14 to 15 points it's the fourth time Tyrone have won the Sam Maguire's the 11th all and Mayo have lost since 1989 going to hear from uh, Tyrone's Kieran McGeary Kieran McGeary, All-Ireland champion, you won't tire of hearing that one. Oh my God, unbelievable, hey. Um, I've always wanted to say it and to hear it and, and to feel it has been amazing, unbelievable. Talk to me about that game, when did you start believing that this is, we have this, we have this game here? You sort of have to have a lot of belief coming into the game and I think we knew that. Um, we train exceptionally well, we, we behave like All-Ireland champions, we trust and honour each other like All-Ireland champions. So it was just a matter of going out there today and becoming that, and, and thankfully we did. Hey. Bit of commotion here as Nile Morgan walks by us. Talk to me about his performance today. Ah, sure, the man's. He kicked one from, from Quinn's bar the last day, so he did, and he just people were over the moon and delighted with him and, and surprised that he'd done it. But we see that every night of training. We see him pull off them types of saves every single night. And when you see him do that and then go out and do it on the pitch, like you just know the animal he is. Everyone in the building this All-Ireland Final were calling it a 50-50 game that the two underdogs have come through the semi-finals after two epic wins. What's the conversation like in the camp before that? Are you, are you putting the chest out and saying, this is ours, boys? Yeah, totally. Hey, that's the scary thing about, about an underdog. You know, they, they have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I think Mayo showed that in the semi-final. We showed it in our semi-final. And today was obviously going to be ding dust. We knew that. Um, right to the final whistle. Do you know, I'm just so glad we got over the line. My heart goes out to the Mayo players. Uh, you know, the respect they showed there at the end of the game has been exceptional. You know, the real leaders talk about trendsetters and, and passion setters in GAA. Um, they have been it. You know, Keegan's a leader, Turkin's a leader. And then boys will continue to do that non-stop. Can you talk to me about the second half? The game's in the melting pot. Ryan O'Donoghue shaves the outside of the post. You were saying there that you, you hadn't actually seen it. And next thing, Colin McShane comes off the bench. He's not in, he's not in the shape, say, he's not back yet to where he can be. We know that, which is a scary proposition. It's scary, like. Talk to me about his impact off the bench. Look, we knew either way, if he started or if he, if he came on, he was going to be exceptional. Um, you know, off-the-cuff stuff, he got the flick to it. People would say it was lucky. He knew what he was doing. That's his first touch. He knew what he was doing. The big man delivers on big days. He loves the big occasion. So he does, and I'm absolutely delighted for him. The impact from the bench all year has been something we've all talked about. Derek Hannavan, Tiernan McCann, McShane, even Ben McDonald coming in today. What's that like when you know that the boys coming on the bench are going to be finishers? Ah, crazy. Honest, honestly, it's crazy. Um, it's just like you, you hit the reset button again and you know whenever the boys come on they're going to deliver strong, clear messages, circulates around the team and they want the ball. They don't hide. Derek Hannavan doesn't hide. Ben McDonald, Tiernan McCann, they don't hide when they come onto the pitch. And that's why our bench has been exceptional all year. What was Conor McKenna like in the build-up to this game? Ah, Conor, he's a Duracell bunny, so he is. You want to see him? He's bouncing around the show all the time. 
you know, we, we often give him a bit of stick about his horses and his, the dog racing he does. I heard he got a new greyhound this week. Yeah, sure, he's never done talking about it all the time, so he is, but no, look, Connor's a legend. Um, he knows the decisions he made, and, and this was a big decision he made for this reason. And to see him lift the Sam Maguire there today, I'm absolutely delighted for him. Can you tell me about the influence that Lo- uh, Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar have had in your career so far? Ah, uh, crazy. Um, I've been under Brian and Fergal now for a number of years, and you really only have to talk to them for a minute, uh, and you'll know where the level they're going to bring you to. Nothing's complicated. It's hard work. It's passion. And the message all year was that Tyrone has an identity, and we know what that was. What is that? Just we'll keep that in the locker room. <laughs> Last one, Kieran. Right, you've, you've won this All Ireland. You've come from nowhere in a lot of people's eyes to win it. But as we said, McShane wasn't that his best this year. McKenna's only home. Derek Canavan's still a kid. What's next? Well, look, there's a lot of young boys. Um, you know, looking mad to get into that team now. We have a number of 21 panels, minor panels, getting the finals, and you know they're now wanting to be a part of that journey. And I was in that position one time too, where I wanted to be part of it. You know, forefather set the tone back 03, 05 and 08, you know, and that's what you want to be part of. And to be sitting back at the top hey, is the top table, you know, has just been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Kieran McGeary, All Ireland champion. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, it's Kieran McGeary of Tehran there speaking after yesterday's win over Mayo. The course for Mayo goes on 1951 now, 2021. Still ongoing, um, but yeah. Tyrone Brilliant just or Tyrone I should say I've had that, that corrected on me a couple of times this week Tyrone were excellent um, yesterday and they've had a tough run to that final as well they've been superb and it was an interesting game of uh, football yesterday not a cracker by any means but Tyrone uh, All-Ireland champions and uh, yeah Mayo their weight will go on and uh, simply is Tyrone Ray Foley as well I know he was devastated devastated after uh, yesterday's uh, defeat alright we are going to go back to Croke Park in just a bit still waiting to uh, hear back from uh, Paddy Murray and we're going to talk to, to Jeremy McCarthy get his thoughts on it as well but uh, as we wait for that we're going to talk uh, MMA now and Cork's Pally Han making a name for himself on the international scene the SBG Cork City fighter moving to 3-0 as a pro after picking up a win at Combat Global in Miami on Friday in an absolutely terrific fight I caught up with him and his coach Liam O'Griffin to talk about it Alright can you still hear me there guys yeah yeah, yeah. super all right, we're joined on the line now by SPG's Cork City's Pally Han, who has got his third professional win, and we're joined by his coach Liam O'Griffin as well. Guys, how are you? Not too bad at all. Yeah, how are you getting on? Good man. Good man. Good to chat to you, Uh, Pat. I can see by the look on your face that you were wearing last night's fight proudly. That was an absolute war, an absolute war last night against Isaac Ruelas. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Before the fight, I cut, I want. I actually asked for like a, a tough fight. Like a, um, I was saying, I'd love to get into a good scrap, and I got what I wished for. Anyway, it certainly was. I mean, like, what were you like expecting from him? Did you know much about him before he went in there? Yeah, I researched him. Me and Liam sat down and re- we uh, researched him. But um, so he had like thirty professional uh, Thai boxing fights, and he had about five professional MMA fights. Um, so he, yeah, he was he was very experienced, but I thought that um, I thought he wouldn't be as tough and as good as he was. So he, yeah, he, um, he was a lot better than I thought he'd be. Talk us through the fight plan, kind of like for the listeners at home who haven't seen it. Kind of describe the fight for us. Um, so it was three five minute rounds. The first round, uh, I say I took it. The second round, 
I'd say it was mine, and then the third round probably went to him. So I won on split decision. Um, but it was an absolutely crazy fight back and forth. Um, we both took a lot of damage. So, uh, yeah, I'd say I would recommend watching the fight anyway. Uh, it's up on YouTube and on my Facebook. Yeah, certainly. It's a, it's an incredible fight to watch. I've seen people describe you as a Nick Diaz like after that performance last night. Yeah. Liam, what was your th- thoughts, I suppose, going through your head watching this last night? Yeah, so, I mean, like Pat, Pat is a man of few words here with, <laughs> with the description of the fight. But yeah, they, they basically poked the face off each other for three rounds. Yeah. Um, Pat was uh, picking the shots from from what we call yellow range, which is just kind of like the, the, the kicking range, the outside range. Um, anytime he threw the, the, the jab, it, he was frustrating Isaac. Um, but w- once they got on the inside, Isaac was just a scrapper. He was a typical Mexican winging hooks. And uh, he, he caught he caught Pat with a few few hooks. Uh, it was a couple of times when um, I, I was a little bit concerned, but um, Pat pa kind of covered up well. Uh, he clinched up when he needed to clinch up. He, he uh, had to take down attempts when he needed to take down attempts. And overall, he just picked him apart from uh, w- with his boxing, with, with his outside range boxing, kind of slipping. And uh, the head movement was 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 iconic. I think there's a few uh, highlight reels in there. I think um, I think it's one to be watching back for the ages. You know. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, what was your thoughts um, waiting for the the scorecards to be read out? As Pat mentioned, a split decision, Liam. I mean, like, were you thinking at that point that uh, Pat had done enough, or were you kind of just thinking, I don't know, what the judge is going to come up with? I, I like when we were watching when I was uh, cage side I thought it was one round apiece going into the third um, and then the third was so close I mean they, they, they both really left everything in there in the third but then on the rewatch um, Pav very clearly won the first two rounds um, it, it just I think when you're kind of cage side you're kind of uh, your memories are kind of being distorted by um, significant shots you're kind of mm-hmm. you know you're kind of in the moment ducking and diving yourself and uh, sometimes you, you, you kind of uh, put the opponent up on the pedestal sometimes and I, I think that's what I did with the first round uh, but on the rewatch I mean Pa was was lighting him up his his uh, his activity levels and the amount of strikes he threw in, 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 in overall in all three rounds but specifically in the first round um, he was way ahead on the significant strikes Pa what's going through your head when you hear a split decision? I uh, yeah no it definitely it definitely uh, was a very very close fight so I was a person who went to the split decision I thought at the end of the fight it could have gone either way and I wouldn't have been surprised if it went to him I wouldn't have been upset because it was so close it was an absolute war and um, I think it was such a fun fight because two of us were were up for an, an, a, a scrap like. so usually when you watch a fight it's like one person dominates another person you kind of know who's going to win by the first round or whatever but with this fight it was back and forth for the full three rounds so um, yeah I, I knew it was a close fight I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it went either way but I'm glad I did enough to, to get the victory So Pat this is obviously your your third professional fight your third professional win your your two previous wins came on that uh, mini tournament uh, last month I mean can you describe how much your life has changed since you, you won that tournament? Uh, not at all really to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I still do the exact same thing every single day like uh, I wake up I uh, go to the gym or whatever I you know, do do my same thing. I just have a bit of security, like a bit of. Uh, I feel more comfortable because I have a bit of money now, so I I don't have to worry about that side of things. So, yeah, I suppose that's the biggest change: just being able to have money and be able to um, know that 
I'm actually progressing in the sport. And Liam, I suppose from the coach's side of things, then I mean, like Combat, you're obviously delighted with Pan his performances, and they obviously want to get him on again. Obviously, based on last night, he's going to win a lot of fans after that performance last night, which obviously I suppose makes things easier for you in getting fights for Pan. Yeah, I don't have to worry about Pan with Combat Global. I think I, I think uh, they absolutely love him. They love his attitude. They love his fight uh, style, uh, and he's proven not only can he uh, take fighters out in the first round, but he can also uh, like weather a storm and go all three rounds and, and dig deep and, and come up with a victory that way um, Com- uh, Campbell McLaren the, the CEO of, um, of of Combatia Global he's uh, he's got some Celtic blood in him so he's he's always rooting for the Irish <laughs> and uh, the next job now what we want to do now is we want to we, we want to boost the number of Irish athletes in Combatia Global so that's that's our next job and Pa has kicked the door wide open for a lot of other athletes now to, to make their way into that promotion because Pa went into that tournament as a complete unknown I guess um, like he had no professional fights and uh, I suppose people might have underestimated him going into that tournament and uh, people aren't underestimating him now I guess no and, and the thing is with, like we, we had to fight our way in because, uh, like as you say, the, on paper, he didn't have the professional fights, and you know he, he had just got his amateur fights. But we knew, uh, like we're so so confident that that the apprenticeship that Pat put down in the IMAF um, tournaments, he's fought the best from all over the world in every style, and he's never ever been dominated. It, it's always been either a victory or a very very close loss, and. Like going into this, all of these guys were okay. They might have had like seven, eight, nine fights, whatever, but they were just the toughest guys in their village. Pa has fought the best from the best all over the world, and uh, we were absolutely confident that that we were going to take all these guys out. And he's proving it right now. So, so is Pa exclusively now with Combat Global, or can he fight for the likes of say Cage Wires back over here? Well, how does it work? No, so I actually signed a, a multi-fight deal with Combat. So I'm going to be over here in America all the time now. Um, so I have a four fight deal um, and I'm two fights into that now take like the 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 tournament counted as one fight um, and then this was my second fight on my contract so I have two more fights on my contract and then uh, I renegotiate so you're going to be based in Miami is it for the the foreseeable future is it yeah so they're in Miami right now at the moment but I think for the new year they're going to be in Mexico City and South America a bit more um, and I think they're moved, they're going to be holding a couple of shows in Spain as well, so it'll be in Europe as well. Mm, it's a fantastic lifestyle, I guess, getting to travel the world, doing the the thing that you love. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, what's been, I suppose, the most eye opening thing that you've kind of experienced, I guess, from from turning professional and uh, and from fighting abroad, I suppose. What what is what is the most what's been the most eye opening thing I suppose I mean like what, what have you learned the most I suppose from fighting abroad that, that, left, that left hook opened up his right eye alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know really I suppose I just love I like I always used to say like one of the big things to do like why I like to fight as well is because you get to travel all over the world and you get to meet people from every country and uh, different cultures and wherever you go once you're in once you're an MMA fighter or you do jiu-jitsu or whatever, you you have a community wherever you go in the world. So um, I think it's a really good sport from, to help me like see different parts of the world that I never like normally get to see, you know? So I, I think that's probably my, my favourite part of the, the job. How soon now do you want to fight again? Are you going to take some time off and just kind of rest up a so, bit after three fights or do you want to be back in there straight away? Uh, 
my plan was to get um, to fight out my contract before the end of the year and then renegotiate for the new year. Um, but after this fight, I, I took a lot of knocks to the head um, and I have a few small injuries that will take a small while to heal. So um, I don't know. We'll have to go home and just reevaluate and see what, what we're going to do. But definitely at least one more before the end of the year, at least. I suppose, Limog, I suppose for you, I suppose it's kind of managing, I suppose, Paz's excitement and enthusiasm to fight as often as possible with, I suppose, managing correctly, making sure that he doesn't burn himself out. Yeah, and we, we want to pick the fights cleverly because, you know, um, like it, there's no point in, in, in racking up a load of fights and then dropping a loss here and there. You know, we, we want to be uh, kind of picking good fights. Um, we, we actually feel from this time that we can actually uh, make the 145 division uh, a lot easier than what we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually weighed in like almost two kilos under the the, the seventy kilogram limit for this fight, and um, you know, so he, he he's tall for this weight class. He's going to be a monster at one forty five, and um, like there there's there's a possible run to a title shot there. So I think we we yeah, it it is a case of managing uh, managing the the timetable to make sure that not only is he fighting well and progressing in his career, but he's also developing as a martial artist as well. When we're uh, in preparation for fights, it's it's all about making weight and getting in shape for the fight. So fight preparation is not really kind of um, development time. So we need these kind of pockets of developmental phases in between the fights. So um, I, we, we're thinking there, we were talking a little bit earlier, and like there, there's a couple of months, um, December, January, where Combatia don't have events. So we'll have a developmental phase there. Um, and we'll, we'll try and kind of slot them in throughout the year and get a couple of fights in couple of months off couple of fights in couple of months off and mm-hmm. just keep going the way we're going because it seems to be working so far certainly does and pa, what's the reaction been like uh, at home following last night's win it has been absolutely crazy so there's a big time difference between Miami and uh, Ireland but mm. um, so many people stayed up watching my fight so yeah it's been crazy and most of the messages are, messages are only coming in now <laughs> um, yeah my phone's blowing up so I, I actually have my phone inside because it's just going it's going crazy Excellent stuff. Lads, it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you. Pa, congratulations again on the win and uh, no doubt be chatting to you very, very soon. Thank you. Yeah, always a pleasure talking to, uh, to Pally Hanley and Ob- Liam Oga Griffin of SPG Cork City. Congratulations indeed to Pa on his third win at Combatia Global. Certainly making a name for himself and what a performance that was on Friday night. Great to speak to the lads yesterday before they departed for Cork and... Uh, one to keep an eye on, Pally Han, remember the name. Right, still to come on the show, we are going to go back to Croke Park. We're going to talk to Cork boss Polly Murray next after the defeat to Galway. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench side. You could join us for uh, this evening's show on a day where Cork have uh, been beaten by Galway in the All-Ireland Camogie Championship final finished uh, in Croke Park 115-112 to in favour of the Tribesmen what was a cracking game of Camogie it has to be said Galway just finishing stronger and uh, deserving All-Ireland champions we heard from Gemma O'Connor on the show earlier if you missed that we will have the uh, podcast online very very shortly after the show finishes at 7pm but now we're going to hear from our Cork boss Paddy Murray uh, speaking in Croke Park inside the last few minutes to the assembled media I sure look I'm disappointed um, you know look fair play to Galway uh, probably over the old a better team uh, their conversion rate was probably, well, there's no probably about it, uh, was much better than ours. And I suppose, look, it comes down to putting scores on the board. So I think we probably uh, were second best in that area. 
did you fail? You maybe didn't push on after the goal. Three yeah, I think that 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 probably retreated a small bit, and in 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 doing that, didn't we lost a lot of breaks around our own half forward line? Uh, you know, so I suppose I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that we could have managed it better. You know, look, it was nip and tuck, so small things probably decide games, and that's probably one area that we probably fell down on. You know, go back to conversion, that another half goal chance, almost hand pass is getting cut out. Of. Yeah, look, you can probably say good defending as well. Uh, you know, I suppose hand passing a ball over a person's head uh, isn't probably the right option to, to uh, do. But look, I'm only grasping at straws. You know, the Scalvi team has been around. Uh, I've been saying for a while they're the best team. Only you know that. Uh, run by a very good management setup. Good time for Cahal. Uh you know, I suppose disappointed for myself, but happy for him. So um, they're going to be around physically. They're they're much more advanced than us. Okay, probably a young team. So it's an area that we need probably to push up. But look, at 21, 22 years of age, it's going to take them another couple of years to develop. So yeah, look, I suppose that's it really. Up to about 10 minutes to go, body. There was nothing in this game. I mean, was it game management? Was it just a lack of experience? Or what did we do? It just because or did Galway just kick off? Well, I think we bought Galway on us. Uh, I suppose that period of time when we uh, went up three, I think we tried to defend it rather than going at it again. I thought that every time we ran him at that stage, we had him in trouble. And I suppose the disappointing thing from my point of view was that we just didn't kick on and put another couple of scores on the board. And, uh, you know, at this level, you just don't stand, uh, sit back and try to defend a, a three-point lead with 10 minutes to go. Paul Crowder, I thought she was outstanding. Uh, but uh, nothing more than what I was going to expect from Orla really today, you know. Um, you mentioned last month, you mentioned in the build-up the experience that Galway had. You've been saying it all year as well, Ferris. Did that, was that the key thing in the end that they just had that build-up? Well, I think they managed the game better than us at the closing uh, end of it. And look, at the end of the day, that's what, where you win the game. You don't win it in the first 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes to go uh, managing that, those situations. I think they managed it better. Did the DRA hearing have much of an impact on your body beforehand? No. It, it, nothing to do with, with me and the team. Okay, Orla didn't train with us, but other than that, you know, uh, it was totally outside our, our, our doing. Uh, I suppose I've had an experience of the THDC. I knew where this was going no matter what. Uh, and I think Orla knew that as well, and she was quite relaxed about it, uh, you know, that the, these hearings are a waste of time. So she always knew she was going there. So, look, at it, you know, again, grasping at straws if I went down that road. But to your players, there wasn't any distraction. Will we have Orla? We might have Orla in the build-up. No, look, I, I, I would say that all preparation went extremely well, to be honest. Well, I was in bed before the decision was made, so I certainly didn't do it. Uh, again, I haven't been involved in the process, but I think they were quite confident that once they got in front, that there was only going to be one result there. So I think Orla was preparing herself really from Friday evening onwards. What's your, what's your thoughts on the whole thing, buddy, that it could come to 12 hours before the match? Well, I, 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 look, I don't particularly want to say too much for it because I don't want to take away from a Galway victory and it might be skewed in a certain way that I, I have sour grapes about it. I wish Galway, I have great time for, for, for Galway, I have great time for Cahill Murray. So I think it's important to get that right. But uh, the THD is a... It has to be, fairness is the word that, that is being used, but it's certainly not. And uh, I just don't think you have qualified enough people in these meetings to handle it correctly. And, you know, but that's for another day, lads.
Yeah, it's Cork boss Paddy Murray there speaking after today's All-Ireland Final. Sounds like he has a lot more to say on that uh, DRA hearing and the whole procedure um, of hearing after hearing uh, this week that ultimately ended in uh, in Orla Cronin being free to play in today's All-Ireland Final. The decision not coming into late last night. Paddy Murray saying that uh, he was in bed. He knew which way it was going. He's had experience with them before, so he wasn't up. And that Orla was okay with it. But it must have been a distraction. And I think you can hear a bit of the frustration in Paddy Murray's voice. But I'm sure we'll hear from him again in the coming weeks about that in a little bit more detail. It's uh, We're going to hear more from uh, Crook Park in a minute as well. We're going to get the reaction from the Galway camp. going to hear from Katrina Cormack and uh, uh, Ailish O'Reilly shortly first though we, uh, the full time report from Ellen Road where Liverpool have beaten Leeds by three goals to nil in the only Premier League game of the day Adam Drury was at Ellen Road Liverpool rolled out 3-0 winners over Leeds United to continue their unbeaten start to the season they took the lead in the 20th minute with a Mo Salah tap-in then five minutes into the second half Fabinho made it two Leeds went down to ten men when a dangerous Pascal Strauch tackle saw Harvey Elliott stretch it off with what looked like a serious leg injury then Sadio Mane made it three and stopped time as Liverpool go third in the table. Full-timer Ellen Road finished Leeds nil, Liverpool three. Yeah, nasty injury for Harvey Elliott, just on um, the wrong side of a clumsy tackle. Didn't look like there was any malice in it. The referee decided to show red uh, regardless. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, a long road to recovery from him. Or for him, I should say, it did not look good. So saw it happen. Yeah did not look good at all alright going to get reaction from uh, some of the Galway players uh, from Croke Park this is Katrina Cormican uh, Katrina Cormican an All-Ireland winner how good does that sound? oh it's unbelievable it's just dream dream come true two and three years it's just magic it's something I never could have believed would happen at my age so I'm just so so delighted We talk, a lot of you talk in the build up to the All-Ireland final was experience and the players that you had how much how important was that down the stretch? yeah it was we have leaders all over the, the field and I suppose there's, there's a lot of girls um, that have been through a lot of hardship as well and a lot of tough days so I suppose they stand to you even though they're very hard when you're when you're going through them but they do stand to you and then blended in with the youth there who had no fear and worked like absolute tigers it was just a brilliant combination and that's what got us over the line today Talk to me about this Cork team because what a physical battle you had all the way through like they pushed you right to the limit Oh absolutely physical and we knew we knew what they were going to bring their work rate and their intensity is phenomenal and we knew we had to match that like we knew coming up here we said we're not going to win anything easy and everything it was going to be hard work hard work hard work so um, we were happy uh, half time you know we felt that we had risen to, to their level and we thought if we could push it on in the second half we'd, we'd, we'd get over the line but we knew it was going to be close it could have swung either way but we're delighted it went our way congratulations well done thank you so much thank you thank you. that's Katrina Cormacan in conversation there with our man John McCarthy who is in Crow Park today George joins us on the line now we have some gremlins in the system in our phone system hopefully they have gone George are you there I am there. Can you hear me, Rory? Yeah, happy days, my happy days. Good stuff. Uh, Ger, um uh, as I mentioned to Jim O'Connor at the start of the show today, that was, A, first off, a terrific advert for the game of Camogie. Two teams going out at hammer and tongs for an hour and, look, just got away the better team um, over the 60 minutes, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, uh, I think it was unbelievably physical, which we thought it might be in around the middle of the pitch, but not around the middle of the pitch, but all over. I think Cork emptied the tank. There was little more they could give and little more they could do, but they were outscored 1-4 to a point from the 50th minute on, Rory, and that was the key. Um, both teams were con- conditioning was at the highest order, but Galway's experience, I think in those final few minutes, you know, it really stood out. And 
once Siobhan McGrath got that fantastic goal, I think there was only going to be one winner. But look, it was um, it, was, it was a cracking advert for Camogie, I suppose. It won't console Cork's manager or players much to hear that. But look, they should be proud of their efforts, not just today, but all year. One thing that stouts me, Joe, watching it on TV, I'd imagine it was the same in the flesh, was the, the work rate of Galway. Cork got nothing easy today. Galway were hunting in packs at two and three every time Cork got the ball. Yes, and that was the only way I think Galway were going to shut down that middle third. I mean, Hannah Looney and Ashley Thompson were probably, and Katrina Mackey were three of Cork's best players. You'd add Saoirse McCarthy to that as well, and Laura Tracy and a few others in around the middle of the pitch. There was just nothing given. But when you've got the likes of Kerry Dolan coming on and knocking over the freeze, you've got Emma Hellebert at centre-back and Niamh Kilkenny and Sarah Spellman as well. They just they clogged up that midfield, as you said. They, they hunted in twos and threes, and they, they made it difficult for Cork to get quality ball in. And that was the key thing when Cork couldn't get the ball into the likes of Amy O'Connor, into the forwards, um, into Linda Collins when she came on. It made life extremely difficult for them. But you've got to give credit to Carl Murray and the way he set up his Galway team today. They were brilliant from the first minutes. They started well, led it the first water break, led it half time. They led all the way through, actually. And funnily enough, I mean, it was 11-10 at the second water break. And I thought, I remember turning to somebody in the media centre or the media box, and I just said, look, I think Cork are still in this. And when that goal went in and what a goal it was by Katrina Mackey, you could feel the ground and the crowd really rise, rise the Cork team. But once again, when it was asked of them for the second time in three years, Galway had the answer. They won the All-Ireland. There's no arguments whatsoever on the Cork side. The better team won on the day. It's, it's hugely disappointing from Cork's point of view, having put in such an effort this year. But look, there's, there's no arguments. Galway were the better team, not just at the closing stages, but, but throughout the whole the whole afternoon, to be fair to them. I suppose, George, well, this is a young Cork team um, with a mix of some experience in there, so better days are to come for this Cork team down the line, you'd imagine. Absolutely. Like, they, they, and that's a good point. I mean, Rory, they, they won't feel like hearing it tonight, but the likes of Amy Lee and Gold, Saoirse McCarthy, um, you know, Laura Hayes, like I'm just thinking off the top of my head here now, and, and, and especially, you know, the players, the four or five, that wouldn't have experienced a, an All-Ireland final before would be all the better for us. There's nothing between the top four teams at Camogie. Kilkenny, Tipperary, Galway and Cork. This year's semi-finals prove that. Um, you have to give it to Galway a bit more experience, a bit more cuteness, and definitely their ability to, to iron out wins when they weren't particularly, maybe the two patches of the game when they weren't playing well. But Cork's future is very bright. We've spoken at length about the underage setup and how well they've done this year as well. I know that doesn't transform for another five, ten years. But the fact Cork are getting it right at underage level, the fact that Paddy Murray and his team have, have started to integrate a lot of young players means this is only the beginning for a lot of the current Cork team. And you'd like to think, based on this performance today, that they'll definitely be back again next year. It sounds a bit hollow for the players to hear it. No, I understand that. But had Cork been blown away today, you'd be asking questions. But there's no need to, because that, that team that he put out there today, Paddy, played, Paddy Murray played absolutely top-class camogie, but just had to give up. Had to give it to a better team on the day. That's really what it boiled down to. And we just heard from Paddy Murray there as well. Uh, very gracious in defeat. Uh, admitted that Galway deserved it over the hour and very magnanimous. Very, very nice stuff from him. But you could hear mm. the frustration in his voice. You're talking about the appeals process this week that saw Orla Cronin ultimately free to play in today's game. He was saying it wasn't a distraction, but it must have been. Yeah, you could sense it and see it in the press room, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> he's, um, I think he has a point. I think it is, but I think I think you're right. Though he was just he was at pains to tell everybody in the press conference that this was not an excuse. 
the order Cronin suspension that didn't happen and going right to the 12th hour. He knew and she knew exactly what was going to happen. It would go to midnight the night before. She'd either play or she wouldn't. She hadn't trained with the team now, which he did mention, which might have been, you know, you might have been a drawback. But he, I, I would agree with him. I think there's enough experience in the Cork team that they weren't distracted by it. The big question was, would she play? And she started. And she played quite well in fairness to her. Um, she was well marshed and no throughout the game, but she did play particularly well. And you would have forgiven her for not turning up at all, and, uh, as in not playing or being able to play well with all that media attention on her. But look, it, th- th- there's lessons to be learned from this, I think, from Camogie Association's point of view. I think they'll look at the overall way that they handle suspensions and the way that they don't handle suspensions. It, it wasn't easy telling a player perhaps the night before the game, you know, you're not going to be playing Linda Collins. Obviously, the captain again had to make way. But yeah, I think Paddy wants will will look for a change the way these these DRA the way these uh, the way these uh, these things are handled in the future. It shouldn't go that late into an all Ireland final. It shouldn't go late, that late into any game. But I I would agree with him. It, it had absolutely no bearing on the result. And he 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 pointed out his respect for Colin Murray, his respect for the Galway Camogie setup. And you've heard him on the big red bench, Austin, enough this year, where he's saying that Galway were a big threat this year, and he he meant it and how right he was. That's got to be tough on Linda Collins as well, though. I'd imagine when she was named in the team, it was with the caveat that Polly said, look, if if, if Florida is yeah. free, that like you'll have to step out. It must have been tough for her leading the team out in the parade, knowing that she wasn't starting, but she's all yeah. class and just came on and gave a, a tremendous performance when she was called upon for the second half. I, I think I wrote about it and probably said it on the Women in Sport podcast yeah. as well this week, that of all the players that you're going to drop, Linda Collins is the one you knew wouldn't kick up a fuss, wouldn't make a big deal out of it, would, and would be a real captain for the for the whole panel and not just for the team. And it was a nice touch that sixteen players walked behind the Artane band mm-hmm. for the uh, for you know, including Ord Collins, and then led out by Linda Collins, and rightly so. Um, it's not nice to be dropped. You know, she spoke about playing a different role the last day against Kilkenny. She wasn't expecting clearly hmm. uh, when she did find out she was dropped. But like all good captains, and she's led Corsi Rovers to County Club glory because of this. And that's why you can see why Paddy Murray would select somebody like Linda Collins because he knows he can trust her. She, he knows she's got her head screwed on, and she will always do what's best for the team. And she did that again today. She didn't make as much of an impact as she did the previous day. But how could she when you scored a winner against Kilkenny? It's very hard to follow that up. And I, I guess when people look back on this and they will try and make a story out of it being a distraction, it really wasn't because you were dealing with Orla Cronin, who's as cool and calm as collected as you could ask to be in an All-Ireland final day, having found out just the night before she was playing. And a captain, playing a captain's role, not making a fuss, coming on when she was needed and doing her best for her team like she has done all year. So I think Paulie Murray's lucky to have Linda Collins as a captain as our Cork Muggy. During around this time last year, there were question marks whether or not Paulie Murray was going to continue for 2021. I'd imagine those question marks are going to be around now for next year. He obviously gave no indication in the press conference there, but mm-hmm. what would your own feeling be there and uh, will Paulie be in charge next year, do you think? I'd be surprised if Paulie wasn't in charge next year and simply because it's just a gut feeling he can see what he has at his disposal now. He can see the young players you know, that he brought in. They were only a puck of a ball away from beating the All-Ireland Champions this year, Galway. They got over Kilkenny, which psychologically was a huge thing for the group and for his young players. I think when you look at the, the, the setup, you would ask, is there enough quality on the bench that can come off and change a game? Is there enough quality on the bench that can come off and change a really tight game? Because in the last two matches, the All-Ireland semi-final and final, he's only made a handful of substitutes. I think he needs to pad out his squad a little more. I think he needs to find the next another couple of players. But I would be surprised if he walked away, Rory, because I think he's invested so much time. No, I don't know, but I think mm. he's invested so much time in this particular group. And I think they will feel. My, my gut feeling, when you look, I was watching the reaction on the pitch. It's horrible to see the reaction. 
of a losing team in All Ireland, and even worse when it's a Cork team and you're from Cork, your heart does go out to them. But he's got Fiona Keating, he's got Amy Lee, he's got Saoirse McCarthy, he still has Chloe Sigerson, he still has Hannah Looney and Ashley Thompson. I mean, Amy O'Connor, that's the bones of an All Ireland challenging team again next year before you puck a ball. I know we're looking ahead now, we're being hypothetical. But were the team the wrong side of Turkey, were there four or five players likely coming to an end of their careers, I might understand it, that the life cycle of this particular side would be over. But it's not. So why would he walk away? Um, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. But look, it'll be his own personal decision. And obviously, as he's pointed out, one point he did make in a recent uh, Big Red Bench interview, which I found very interesting, he says, people forget that we have real jobs. People forget that we have to work nine to five all the media attention again leading up to this, all the work they have to do that goes alongside being an inter-county coach, I'd say he's had enough of that. But at the same time, he's only ever been courteous and fantastic to us. And I just want to take the opportunity on the big red bench to thank everybody, Louise Weldon, Piero, and everybody associated with Cork Mogie for making our lives so easy this year. They were unbelievably kind with their time, presenting players and you know giving us time when we asked for it. Um, my gut feeling is he will stay, but I've been wrong before. Rory. <laughs> once, Jerry, I believe, was that just, just yeah, once? Jerry, so, yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Safe to back to Cork. Thanks, Rory. That's uh, Jer McCarthy there, a man in Croke Park today. Um, it sounds exhausted. It's been a long day for Jer. Um, but Jer bringing us all the best reaction from Croke Park. We heard from Paulie Murray earlier. If you missed that, it'll be on our podcast. We also had Cork legend Jim O'Connor on the show a little bit earlier as well. Um, so you can grab that podcast a little bit later on, on uh, redfm.ie if you missed that. Disappointing for Cork today. Go away. Excellent. Excellent. But as I mentioned, the jar just a, a terrific advert for the game of Camogie. It was end to end, tit for tat, non stop for the entire hour. It was a great game to watch. I'd imagine as a neutral, as so that Cork people, I can't. <laughs> we were slightly more nervous and uh, maybe not appreciating the game. But look, it was a great game. And as Jar mentioned there, Plenty to come from this Cork side, plenty to come in the future for this Cork side. And a young Cork side, as Jar mentioned as well, and Gemma touched on that as well earlier on in the show. A young Cork side, plenty to come, and uh, the future looking bright for Cork. Not today, uh, today wasn't their day. Uh, commiserations to them, uh, but Cork will be back, and uh, yeah, going to be a great uh, summer next year. Alright, going to hear from uh, another Galway player, Alicia Riley. Uh, also got a chance to speak to Jar just uh, a while ago. Alicia Riley, hearty congratulations, an All-Ireland champion. How sweet is that? That is extremely sweet. Um, I think out of the three, that's probably that's the sweetest. Um, that was one tough battle. You know, they got a goal very late on, but uh, we reacted. Couldn't react any better, to be honest. And yeah, you know, this one will sink in later on, I think, and we'll cherish it. How tough for Cork right up to the end? So tough. Um, I think we were actually leading most of the, the game by a point or two. Um, they kept coming back at us. We kept responding. So we knew coming in it was going to be tough and you know proof nothing less is this the sweetest absolutely and why is that is it just the effort this year and everything that went on and the fact that she had such a tough run to get here yeah I think so uh, we've been here last December we had a, an hour loss we are league final an hour loss again so you know, third time lucky and we will celebrate this one I tell you there's quite a lot of experienced players in this Galway panel a lot of people were saying that that would carry over the lane I assume you're all coming back again next year uh, 
um, so far so good anyway. Um, yeah, I think that was the, the one thing we had a bit of experience and we had a bit of youth. Um, I think it works. You need a new blend of both. So yeah, hopefully we can we can keep them for another year, but uh, we won't worry about that now. That's Ailish O'Reilly there of Galway speaking to Jar after uh, today's win over Cork in what was an absolutely uh, tremendous game of Camogie and uh, congratulations indeed to Galway who were absolutely excellent and uh, never let Cork settle make Cork work their socks off for every score that they earned and just that goal Katrina Mackey scoring that goal um to, uh, to lead 111 to 11 points you're thinking right Cork go on now go on for it but then Galway just the next scores they got two more points and that terrific goal um, to um, just put Cork back I suppose and then just two fantastic points then uh, from Orla McGrath a huge long range effort from her um, to put the ball over the bar was absolutely tremendous that really some Cork when they um, were on the attack and trying to get the ball forward but again that work rate from Galway just surrounding Cork whenever they had the ball and just not letting them get anything easy it was absolutely fantastic to see from a Galway point of view they worked so hard and look as Joe mentioned they will be back next year it's uh, it's it's a young Cork side. Jim, I mentioned that earlier as well. Young Cork side. Um, Jim, of course, uh, retiring herself this year um, after almost uh, twenty years, nineteen years playing for Cork, and uh, she, she admitted she found it hard. But if you missed that, it's on the Big Red Bench podcast uh, a little bit later on. I'm going to have that on RedFM.ie later on today. Of course, uh, tennis as well. Just going to mention briefly, I suppose, the uh, fantastic uh, performance by Emma Raducanu last night and uh, winning the uh, US Open for the first time in 44 years the first British woman to become a Grand Slam champion in 44 years I should say Uh, just 18 years of age um, didn't drop a set on her way to uh, win the uh, US Open last night and there's going to be a lot of expectation a lot of pressure on her now but she says it's not going to be an issue for her she says she's loving life she's not going to let the weight of expectation change her after winning the US Open for me I don't feel absolutely any pressure I'm still only 18 years old I mean I'm just having a free swing at anything that comes my way and that's how I faced every match here in the States and um, yeah it got me this trophy so I don't think I should change anything the final tonight, Novak Djokovic going for a calendar year Grand Slam as he faces Daniel Medvedev in Flushing Meadows, 9 o'clock Irish time for that one. Of course, the NFL is back today as well. Fantastic stuff. Looking forward to getting home and watching some of our, uh, the, the red zone uh, today, which is a fantastic way to watch sport, to be perfectly honest, especially for someone with a very, very short attention span like I do. Uh, so glad the NFL season is back and uh, should be some exciting games coming up over uh, the course of uh, the next uh, 16 weeks of the regular season there there about 16 weeks maybe 17 weeks and then the, the off season then as well if you missed it earlier as well Liverpool have beaten Leeds uh, by three goals to nil in the only uh, Premier League game of the day Adam Drury was at Elland Road Liverpool rolled out 3-0 winners over Leeds United to continue their unbeaten start to the season they took the lead in the 20th minute with a Mo Salah tap-in then five minutes into the second half Fabinho made it two Leeds went down to ten men when a dangerous Pascal Strauch tackle saw Harvey Elliott stretch it off with what looked like a serious leg injury then Sadio Mane made it three in stoppage time as Liverpool go third in the table full-time at Ellen Road finished Leeds nil Liverpool three yeah and that was not a pleasant uh, leg injury for Harvey Elliott at all um, so wish him well in his recovery but that's pretty much it from us for tonight on the Big Red Bench thank you very much indeed for tuning our way on the show if you missed it it's a lot of camogie on the show tonight. Uh, Paulie 
Murray, the Cork boss. We heard from uh, a couple of Galway players, Katrina Cormack and uh, Ailish O'Reilly. We had Cork legend Gemma O'Connor on, and we had uh, the best uh, coffee journalist in the business, John McCarthy, on with us as well to talk about... Um, uh, Cork's defeat to Galway today so if you've missed any of that it's going to be on our podcast very very soon uh, Big Red Bench podcast look for it uh, where, from wherever you download your podcast from search for Big Red Bench or it'll be on redfm.ie in the next 10 minutes there or thereabouts thank you very much indeed for tuning our way tonight Connor Halpin's up next three hours of the very best of Irish music coming your way between 7 and 10pm we're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks talk to you then The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.